welcome, welcome everybody to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you by the HockeyThinkTank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. Jeff and I are going to talk all about confidence, the ever, what, ever trying to figure it out, <laughs> ever, ever eluding, ever, ever eluding. We always want it. Can't seem to have enough of it. It goes up, it goes down, it goes all the way around confidence. And it is something, especially at this point in the hockey season after training camps, after people start making teams, after roles start getting formed, all that kind of stuff. It is something that Jeff and I got a ton of questions about, especially at this time of year. So we want to talk about it and uh, hopefully shed some light into what it is, uh, shed some personal stories about it, talk about it, and hopefully we can help a few people uh, who may be lacking a little bit of it right now, or just want to know a little bit more about how to gain some so you can better yourself and whether it's hockey or life, whatever it may be. So we are really looking forward to doing this one. Uh, before we do get into everything, let's introduce the talent of the podcaster, one Jeffrey J. Hulavecchio. Vex, Mr. First Form, Mr. GMBM, how you doing today, brother? I'm actually doing really well and you just hit a bunch of uh, different things. Why I'm doing well. I just won an award on my team uh, at first form, just a little monthly award. So that was pretty cool. Just got off uh, a call for that. So that was exciting. What was the award? Um, Hold on. Can I take a guess first? <laughs> <laughs> Your answer is going to be ridiculous, but let's hear it. Well, well this will be a Jeff Flavecchio self-proclaimed answer that I will be answering for you. <laughs> The biggest, baddest, um, busiest, sexiest, sexiest yep. toothless, right. Keep it going. tatted, Keep it going. hot guy yep. on the podcast Ooh, award yeah. for, okay. um, you know. Littering and, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Pulled that one out of nowhere. Littering yeah, no, it was for, for like uh, with social media, they're, one of their things is like you have to do three, three pillars, like three prongs. Um, informational uh entertainment and i literally am blanking on an agricultural right <laughs> i'm blanking what movie? on the other one. what movie i don't know what is that oh tommy boy is that tommy <laughs> boy it's a phenomenal movie um <laughs> but yeah so i just won the award for putting out like really good information and and make it a digestible and stuff for the last month on my specific team that's at first form so that was really cool and y- your boy is going to be on the news tomorrow so that's exciting oh yeah, for what like, little four minute segment on hot guys doing hot guy things i think it is or maybe it could be on on uh i just have four minutes to like try and help people like with something you know in the health space so going on there and i get four minutes so i'm just gonna be i don't even i'm gonna drink like 16 coffees before and go in there and just try and give people as much info as i can and i'm gonna talk like the hot wheels guy when we were kids okay so let's break let's break yes i do 100 percent. let's break this down a little bit because i think this is relevant even in the conversation that we're going to be having right now so you have this is actually a really good exercise you have four minutes to make somebody's life better today with something that you say okay then let's think about it that way like a, a health message I mean, that's ultimately what you're trying to do, right? You're trying to give out information that's going to help people be healthier, happier, whatever it is. Okay. So give me the two things that you think are the most important for your four minute speech that you're going to have tomorrow. Go. Well, they want me to do it on like physical things, but I'll say one thing that I would love to say is that 
you always have two choices and they're always both going to be hard, but they're always going to be a different hard, hard now making the right choice, doing things that better your health, better your mind, better your body, better your relationships or easy now, which is going to wind up being hard later because all of us in life will come to a crossroads where it's, you either make health a priority now or health will be a priority later when it's biting you in the ass because you didn't focus on it. And so it's always going to be hard. It's going to be hard work up front, or it's going to be hard at the doctors, pills, pain, yada, yada, yada down the road. So choose your hard and choose the freaking first door. <laughs> Ooh, choose your heart. I like that. Yeah. I think, I, honestly, I think that's a first form thing. I don't know. I've, I feel like I've heard that before, but I, I love that saying coming out of your, your mouth, man. It was just, it was poetic. <sighs> You know, Hawkeye's doing Hawkeye things. Um, but, but, you know, this really, I gave, I gave this talk. I had a talk with one of my players um, yesterday who's in juniors who's struggling a little bit. He's going through a hard time right now. And, and, you know, that's the reason I kind of wanted to talk about confidence on this podcast tonight was because I'm getting a lot of DMs from guys right now. Like we talked about on the pre-show that the honeymoon stage of preseason is over the excitement and getting there and you're ready to go. And, Every team has guys that are going to be on the fourth line or a 13th forward or the sixth or seventh or eighth or ninth D man, no matter what they did in the summer, every single team has those guys. And so that's going to shake your confidence a bit, most likely for most, for almost everybody. And so what do you do when you get there? And, you know, to start it off and go right into it. Like one of the things I told him is, Hey man, you got to choose your heart. And for this situation, it was, you do everything you possibly can to get better today. Everything you can, you still be yourself. You still make, find ways to make practice fun. Even if you're sitting out in drills and you're holding back tears because you haven't gone in a drill in 45 minutes and coaches ignoring you because you're the eighth D man, like you still have a choice, get better today and do everything you can. Or the other choice is lay it, you know, mail it in you know, not work your hardest, be upset, pout. And where do those two choices wind up going? What, where does path one take you? And where does path one, the uh, path two take you path one will never get you or path one will only get you closer to your goals, right? No matter what's happening, at least you're going North, you're getting better. Path two will never get you closer to your goals ever. And though that's easier and it's hard to go through these tough times, taking that pouting or I'm not going to care, or I'm just not going to try because it doesn't matter. Well, that is taking you further and further and further and further away from your goals that you've had your whole life. So that is not going to get you closer. So like you, you have a choice, choose your heart here. So that's awesome advice. I, I really, really like that. How did you get to a point where you were so comfortable with yourself and making that right hard choice? I can't I mean, imagine your entire life you had this much um chutzpah, let's call it. <laughs> um to, you know, like I feel like now you probably make that choice, let's call it 90% of the time. Nobody's perfect. Um, you know, the percentage more than I do, how, how did you work yourself to get to that point where you're choosing the right hard more consistently than you ever have been? There was an inflection point. And again, I, I said, I said this to my guy yesterday, we had like a half an hour conversation because he told me, he's like, literally, he was like, we brought up some midget players to my team and they were 
like doing the drills and I was sitting out watching. Like I was like the 10th D man. He was like the seventh D man on the roster. And then all of a sudden now he's the 10th D man and they're playing midget players over him. And he's like holding back tears, you know? And I was like, dude, don't be embarrassed. I've been there. And I've talked, I, I, th- I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but maybe I haven't. I messed up a drill. I was one of the youngest players in the USHL my first year. There was another guy on my team named Nick Schaus. Absolute great dude. Great. I think he's on like year 14, 15 pro. Um, playing he the was so hard to play ball. against. So, dude, he used to murder guys. Nicky, oh, Nicky Schaus. Dude, he used to kill guys. Kill guys. It was a killer. Um, so we're, we're in a practice where coach was trying to get us to like mess up. Like he'd give us like five drills we had to remember and then do them all without going back to the board and like quickly. So he was trying to get the team to like bag or whatever. And Nikki messed up the drill. And so he made Nikki stand on like the blue line, the, or he made everyone stand on the corner of the blue lines. And then Nick bagged while we all watched. And then we, we go back in line. We do the drill. I'm the first up. I mess up the drill. And it was like a drill we we're supposed to mess up. And he wanted us to mess up. And he tells everybody to get on the benches except for me and Nikki. And Nikki and I just start bag skating while everyone's watching. And it was at least, it was at least 10 minutes. And he skated up and down the ice right next to me, right next to me in front of the whole team. Not with Nikki, just me. Be like, you want to quit? You want to quit? You're a pretender. You're a pretender. You've been a pretender since I drafted you. You're a pretender. You're a pretender. Say the words right now and your hockey career is over. I'll make you quit. I'll make you quit. Just say the words. And that was in the USHL when you were not allowed to cut guys who were in high school or trade them. So I pretty much had to be on the team because I made it unless I personally quit myself. Um and he was trying to get me to quit. He was literally trying to get me to quit. And that went on for like 10 minutes while the whole team just sat there and watched. And I was literally fighting back tears, you know, like fighting back tears. And uh, in my head, I just kept, be, you know, in my head, I'm like, I will not, I will not quit. I will not quit. I will not quit. I will, no matter what happens, I will not quit. And then we go, we finish that shooting drill. The next drill, I had never been in a real fight on the ice. I'd been in like, you know, two or three street fights in like middle school and like elementary school, like whatever. And uh, some karate tournaments, if you will, but that's not real, you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, and uh, so we go into a battle drill then and right away somebody hits me and I just drop my shit and I pumped this guy. Absolutely pumped him. It was my first real fight. I was imagining it was coach's face and I threw like 40 punches in like three seconds. It was to this day, it was still <laughs> like, it was still like, I am amazed at what, how fast my arms moved. And it was a guy who was way bigger than me, older than me, tougher than me. Um, and I absolutely speed bagged him and he got traded the next day. Um, <laughs> probably because I beat him up and coach hated me, you know? And, uh, so me not quitting when he was trying to make me quit. And he already made two guys quit. I believe at that time already, like a month or two into the season, two guys had already quit that he like kind of made quit. And, uh, I got through that and I was like, well, I was just like, I got through that. Like I'm embarrassed or whatever, but I can, I can get through anything. And then I get in that fight and I absolutely pumped him. And I was just like, in my head, I was like, okay, like I'm different now. I'm like, nothing's going to be as hard as that. And in my whole hockey career, there was nothing more embarrassing. There was nothing harder that I ever did. 
Um, and I don't think there will ever be anything that'll be more embarrassing or as hard uh, as that was. And it's, it's, uh, it's a story I tell all the guys, cause you know, guys, guys that I work with, they think like, oh, you know, you signed in the NHL, you were captain of a D one team. It was easy. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> not easy. So for me, that was the inflection point for me where I was like, I can find a way around anything. Like I can go through anything. If he close, somebody closes a door, I'm going to kick in a freaking window. That's cool, man. I think the thing that I took out of it, probably closer towards the end, as it relates to what we're talking about with confidence right now, is I think, and, and we talk about this all the time, is perspective. And we are all very self-centered, right? We are, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but we're always worrying about our own stuff. So when our stuff is really, really good, we think our stuff is really, really good. When we when our stuff is really, really bad, it really hammers in that our stuff is really, really bad. But at the end of the day, like everybody goes through that stuff and that stuff, whatever that means is different for everybody, but everybody goes through the ups and the downs and the trials and tribulations. And I think, you know, a lot of times when we self-reflect, when we're going through the tough stuff, we think it's just us, like it's our fault or, you know, something's wrong with us. When in reality, there's hundreds and or thousands of people that are going through maybe something similar that what you're going through right now. And because we're so self-centered, and again, I don't mean that in a bad way, we just live in our own little bubble a lot. Um, I, I think when we can step outside of our own little bubble, see the bigger picture, understand that, you know, if you are fighting for that, let's say you're a, a college player, a division one college player, and you're the 13th forward or you're the seventh D. Well, there's six or there's 60, whatever, two division one teams. That means there's 62 other 13th forwards <laughs> and and 62 other seventh Ds, you know, and you're you're not alone in your problems. And so it's almost like a thing where, yeah, like it just gets you outside of yourself, you know, where it doesn't make your problems seem as big as they really are. And and knowing that somebody else is going through something and that shared kind of like experience can help you put it, put your problems, put your struggles into perspective. And that perspective a lot of times is a lot less than what it happens and what goes through your head. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? I, I think, you know, it kind of reminds, like I'm thinking about that and it reminds me of like a zit when you're in high school, you look in the mirror and you wake up and you're like, Oh my God, my life's I over. can't go to school. My life's over. I've got a crater the size of Jupiter or Uranus <laughs> on my forehead. And then you go to school and no one even notices that Uranus and, and is on your forehead. 30% of the people in your class have the exact same crater. Right. And nobody cares. <laughs> nobody notices, you know, like it's, it's very similar. You think you're like, because you're, you know, your focus is yourself and you think everything's worse than it is or whatever is. So yeah. You're so right. And I think this is the power of, you know, us doing this podcast to shed light on these things. Like you guys who are going through those hard times, dude. I mean, if you're a newer listener, Tof tore his knee in juniors had all these schools talking to him, tore his knee. Nobody talked to him except for one school. And, and he only needed one. And then the next year he comes out and he has the best year of his career and he winds up, you know, get, get into a D one school like me tore my groin off the bone in a year where coach was trying, literally trying to make me quit hockey. And, you know, I kept coming back, kept coming back four or five, what, five years later, I'm signing an NHL deal. 
five years later, like that's not a long time, two years, yeah, the two years of juniors, three years of college. It's not a long time to go from coach calling me a pretender in front of the whole team, you know, calling me names, telling me to quit. He's going to send me home right now. If I say the words and five years later, I'm signing on the dotted line in the NHL, right? Like everyone goes through these hard times. And so when you come to those hard times, you've got to get back to what makes you your best, what's going to move you North and just trust the process over and over and over and over. Yeah. And, and with that, and this is something that I've been really focusing on a lot with a lot of life changes going on, starting a new job, being very kind of green to everything that's, that's happening right now. And a little um, bit more uh, like maize and blue, I'd say. Maize and blue. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and there's this person that I follow on Instagram. I don't know if you follow her, Jeff, but like, she's unbelievable. Her name is Mel Robbins. If you're not following her on Instagram, you need to follow her on Instagram. Um, because she's just, she's like a motivational speaker, just really good at putting things into perspective type stuff. She actually just started a podcast too. And I listened to the first couple episodes. They were great. And, um, she has like this five, four, three, two, one method. And it's basically like, okay, a lot of times what holds us in our fear, because a lot of times, like when we lack confidence, we just have fear, fear of failure, fear of disappointment, fear of, you know, the, the judgment of others, whatever it may be. And, um, you know, when we're living in that fear, we're in our own head so much that we forget to do. And action alleviates anxiety. Like you have to do. So like when you talk about all the things that you're doing, one of the things that I think you do better than most people is you're just, you're a doer. <laughs> and I think, and I don't think you've always been that way. A lot of times no. I, I would, I would imagine just from knowing you, you've been in your own head and second guessed yourself and everything. And now you're just like, you do. And, it, and her method five, four, three, two, one, it's like, okay, I'm in my head. I get five seconds to be in my head. Five, four, three, two, one. Now I go. Like I just, I do. And I just think that that is such an important thing to talk about as it relates to confidence, because I really do believe in action alleviates anxiety. Like action is the thing that can, um, you know, at least get you started. A lot of times when you're lacking confidence, you're afraid to take that next step. A lot of times when you're lacking confidence, you're afraid to put yourself out there. But at the end of the day, you just, you have to do and it doesn't have to be big, right? At the beginning, especially when you're really anxious or especially when you're really lacking confidence, you have to start taking small steps because the smaller it is, the easier it is to kind of dip your toe in the water. And then you get a little bit more comfortable. And then you dip another toe in the water, you get a little bit more comfortable. Then you put your ankles in and then your knees and then, you know, over the, uh, the other area, which is always the toughest part when you're getting into cold water, getting over the, uh, the, you know, what's, you know, and so, um, like you, you just, you have to do that's for me, that's one of the biggest things of, of anything that we're going to talk about is like when you're unconfident, you're in your own head. And when you're in your own head, the best thing that you can do is just do and then do again, little step, little step, little step, little step, get more comfortable, more comfortable, more comfortable. And then that confidence just like, you know, comes with that action. Dude, 100%. I hope people pause and rewind two minutes and listen to that again. That is everything. And like anytime I'd have a bad game on like a Saturday, whether it was juniors, college or pro, like a lot of guys, a lot of guys would go and drink 
you know, uh, I had a bad game. They'd have a bunch of beers and get drunk and try and like forget about it. And like, for me, I, I would just go work out again. <laughs> Cause I was like, at least I'm doing something that in the long term is going to make me better. You know what I mean? Like, didn't matter if we just got back from a four hour road trip in the AHL. If I didn't play the way I wanted to play and it was the last game of the weekend and I knew I could sleep in the next day, a lot of guys would be going out and like having some drinks or whatever. And I'd be like, yeah, I'll meet you guys there. Like I, I got to do something. And I would just go to the gym and I just bang out a workout because I'm like, at least I did something that made me better today. So by losing a little bit of confidence, by not playing the way that I know I could in the game, my confidence took a hit. And then I took that action, like you're saying right after, and I'm like, at least I got better from this workout, which then kind of gets me back into a confident, you know, mindset. And I'm reading this book called, uh, relentless solution focus. And it's a little bit, um, little bit dry in the beginning because it's setting up like everything in the, in the back end of the book. And it, it is just so awesome. And he literally says, literally identical to what you said. And he's, this guy has worked with the Cardinals with, uh, when they won the world series, you know, NFL, NHL boxer, you know, everybody like tons and tons, and then tons of like fortune 500 companies, business people and stuff like that. And the one thing he says, when people start to either get anxiety or not have confidence, he stop, take a centering breath. You, you inhale for six seconds in the nose. So in one, two, three, four, five, six, you pause one, two, and then you exhale deliberately out of your mouth for seven seconds. So a little bit longer than your inhale that centers you, brings you into the present. And then you ask yourself, what is one thing I can do right now that will make this better? One thing. And like you said, it's just doing, it's just do it. It's not get in your head and think it's like, man, if I had a bunch of turnovers tonight or whatever, take your centering breath, you lose your confidence. What can I do right now? One little thing that could make this better. And like, for me, you know, if you're still at the rink, maybe you work on some stick handling, maybe you watch video real quick over what you could have done and then write down maybe things you could have done better. Maybe you watch your highlights to remind yourself of what you're capable of doing. Maybe you work out like whatever it is, you just got to do one thing. Like you said, it's in the doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love everything that you just said there. And like, I was kind of the opposite of you. Like I was always somebody that when I had a bad game, I would replay all the bad stuff in my head, which is kind of what I feel like a lot of people do. And as you get older and you get more experience, you understand. And and, and honestly, like, I think that that is something that, um, because I did that as a teenager and a young adult, as I was playing, like that stuff doesn't leave you. <laughs> So then when you're in real life and you make mistakes, then you're doing the same stuff. So like for all the young kids out there, like, and even for the, like the, the adults that have younger kids or whatever, like, I think this is something that you can work on at the youngest of ages and really kind of training your brain to think about the positive stuff, training your brain to not dwell on, on the things that don't go so well and stuff. And it's funny, like uh, people kids today, they get this weird thing where everybody thinks they're these like overconfident, like um, entitled. And we've talked about this Vex before. I feel like I almost think it's the opposite, man. Like, I feel like a lot of the young kids today are very um, 
self-critical. <laughs> They're pleasers, you know, and they 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 desperately crave approval. I think that's what um, social media has kind of made a lot of us into today. Where we just every day we look at our phone and we're craving approval, we're craving the little red dots, you know, for likes. We're craving um, the comments and the positive comments and stuff because it does. It makes us it makes us feel good. Um, and and I think we have a responsibility to really um, educate and teach our our youth how to treat yourself right, um, how to treat yourself right in the good times, how to treat yourself right in the bad times, how to be curious and and how to problem solve. So like when a problem comes our way, like we can get through it and figure it out ourselves. I think that's a big part of confidence too. Like when you're always being told what to do and how to do it, rather than figuring things out for yourself, like how much better of a feeling is it when like you're given a task or you're given a challenge and you have to figure it out and you might struggle a little bit and it might take you a little bit longer, but when you do eventually figure it out or you master that skill or whatever, like it's, it's such a better feeling than if it's like, okay, Jeff do this because I said so. And then you end up doing the thing. It's like, it's not as gratifying if that makes any sense. And so I I think a lot of it is when you're, when you're in your own head and you're getting out of your way, I think it's awesome to like, again, see it as a challenge that you got to figure out. You know what I mean? Like use resources, use people, but don't like, um, don't think that it has to be done for you. Do it. Be a go-getter. Find the solution, whatever the problem is. And I think that also leads to a lot of confidence because it, it also leads to a, a great life skill in problem solving, which I feel like we're lacking a lot of. We just feel like, tell me what to do and I'll just do it because <laughs> that's right, easier. Like, like robotic. Yeah, yeah. dude, 100%. And, and when you when you, something that really helped me and I, I feel like I've probably said on the podcast a lot and I say it to people all the time especially younger players because like you said the older you get the more you realize like how even if you make a turnover and you guys lose the game tonight you it's over you can't change it you cannot change it you can learn from it and be like oh if I'm the last guy back on the power play like either beat the guy or maybe don't be a dummy and try and you know make a move through a guy's legs or whatever so you learn from it you got better but if you just keep beating yourself up about it that's where you're going to lose confidence and you can't change the past it doesn't matter if it was one second ago five minutes ago six games ago be at the beginning of the season dude you ted be lasso. goldfish ted teddy lass teddy lass like you and the re, the thing that i get pe- the way i get people to think about it i'm like all right like you thinking about all the things you messed up on like that's you in a rocking chair all right it's giving you something to do you're moving all right you're doing something you're wasting energy but are you moving anywhere are you going north are you going in the right direction no you're not going anywhere you're just wasting energy in the exact same spot so like worrying and like thinking about all your mistakes and all that type of stuff it's like being in a rocking chair it gives you something to do but it doesn't get you anywhere so like tope said like create action you know think of something really quickly what is one thing i can do right now that will make this situation better 
and then do that thing. And even if it's, it doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't need to be a hundred percent. It's just getting the ball. You're at the tip of the mountain right now. And you're either going to go backwards or you're going to go down the hill the right way. Right. And we want you to just get that first step and get that big snowball, like in the cartoons rolling. And then as it goes down the hill, you start to pick up more and more momentum. That's your confidence. And then booyah, you're rolling into town. What's up? What's up? Yeah. And, and I, I got this book here too, that I was talking about a few minutes ago, relentless solution focus. And, um, towards the end of the book, he, he has three things here. He says a, a perfectionist mentality causes you to overlook success and focus on imperfections while a, uh, results solution focused mindset enables you to recognize done wells and develop an obsession for improvement. Ooh, that's can you say like those Marty again? St. Louis. Can you say those again? A perfectionist mentality causes you to overlook success and focus on imperfections, while an RSF mindset enables you to recognize Dunwells and develop an obsession for improvement. And so, so how do like, you go? Okay, so let's get a little vulnerable here. So I'm I'm number one, like that is me to a T, and it's a problem. Like oh, it's a problem, totally and, it, you. <laughs> and it holds me back, right? Like. Um, just causes unwanted stress, unneeded stress. Um, definitely. And, <laughs> and we've, uh, like we've talked about that. And so how do you, how do you feel like you get from number one to number two? Like what kind of life hack can you do to get from a perfectionist mindset to a mindset that's a little bit more forgiving, maybe let's call it, um, results. What was it? RSF results solution focus solution focused um what do you think relentless solution focus sorry um dude it, it's literally what we already just said it's just taking action immediately i think it's stopping centering yourself and then just taking some sort of action get the snowball rolling and for me this is where like i love slogans i love sayings you know like something about like failure is not failure you know like it's not failing it's learning like something like that. Like, and if every time I think you, it's failure is not final. Ooh, I like that, that too, failure man. I like final. that too. But I, I would want it to be, I like to have my things, my, my slogans and things like that. I like them to drive action out of me. So like failure is not final is good, but like uh, failure is learning or learn from your failures. And it's not a failure, like something that's going to drive you to an action when you're saying it to yourself, like you just messed up, you're down, you've lost your confidence, or you're trying to be so perfect that you're not perfect. And then that's getting in your head. And it's like, you know, as, as a small business owner and, and obviously a professional athlete, collegiate athlete, it's like, you, you didn't learn to take an unbelievable shot in stride. The first time you did it, you sucked at it. And especially with your limp wristers, you were thrown around back in the day. I'm sure when you shot in stride, they weren't very hard for the first year you did it. Ouch. <laughs> but over time, wow. you got that, you got that muffin up to like a toasted bagel. So it was like a little bit harder, a little bit tougher. You know what I mean? Like, same talk with me. About, I got no about, vision. Like, hey, we're bro, just talking. Hey, I'm 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 like telling the world here that like you're you know, in the trust I'm, tree. I'm kind of like a perfectionist and, and I kind of like, you know, I'm hard on myself. And here you are just bagging me in front of the whole hockey world. Thousands of people that listen to our podcast. I thought we were in the trust Man, tree with the nest. You're gonna try to get me to quit now? Jeez. <laughs> no, but like, you know what I mean? It's the same with me. 
I played with my head down way too much for way too long. And then I had to force myself to get super uncomfortable and skate around the ice, like a bobblehead, just constantly looking around like an idiot. But as the more I did it in that action, like it wasn't good in the beginning and I'd lose where I was on the ice and space and time. But the more I did it, the better I got at it. And the more I was able to play with my head up as the years went on in my career, it's just like, it's not a failure. It's not a fa- The only way it's a failure is if you stop right there then that is a failure. You didn't learn anything. You didn't get better, but if you can, it's, and it's so hard. It's so hard to wrap your head around this when you're younger, but it's like all the best players do. They're not afraid to fail. And when they do fail, they learn why they quote unquote failed. And then they use it to make them better immediately. And that's not failure. That's just learning and growing. Yeah. And, and it's funny. Like I, I, f- I feel like with that, I think the saying is it's never as bad as what you think, you know? So like when you talk about action, a lot of time we don't take action because we're fearing the repercussion or the consequence or the judgment or whatever. So we just don't do it. But then when we do it, 90% of the time we realize that it's not as bad as what it we played it up in our head. I'd say a hundred percent of the time, it's you know, never as bad. And, and so that's where you just have to get, and and the word that you said there was like uncomfortable, like you have to, especially in times where you're not confident, you have to, um, learn how to get uncomfortable. And that's another thing that I think we really need to teach kids coming up is like, you have to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations that I think builds a lot of confidence. And there are hundreds of different situations that are uncomfortable that can help you to build confidence. One being, and I think a lot of kids would, would, and not kid, even just kids, but even older players. Um, and that's going in to talk to your coach when you're not getting what it is you feel like you deserve, or you want a better spot in the lineup, whatever it may be, that's an uncomfortable situation. And going back to the previous point, a lot of times when you go in and talk to the coach, um, especially if you have a good coach, it's never as bad as you think it is. (laughs) And the coach can give you a couple pointers. And also when you go in and you talk to the coach, um, it it like shows the coach that you want it and that you're willing to take action and you're willing to put yourself out there. And for any kid out there, like when you go into the coach and ask, what can I do to get better so I can get more ice time? That is like a huge win. And the coach will think much more positively of you, (laughs) even if he did or didn't think positively of you in the first place. And so, uh, yeah, like a lot of times, like we get stuck in our own heads and we think the, you know, the thing on the other side of the action is a lot worse than it really actually ends up being. And it's funny because there's the the three things to know from the end of this chapter. The second one is pretty much what you just said, focusing on problems erodes self-confidence. Yeah. I feel like I'm completely plagiarizing this guy, Jason Selk. (laughs) Great job, Dr. Jason Selk. Um, It's only three sentences or three, whatever. So yeah, it says focusing on problems erodes self-confidence while thinking about solutions grows self-confidence. All improvements are solutions. So like anything that will improve your current situation and mindset. See, I kind of disagree with that. I don't disagree with that, but I think, I think there should be an asterisk to that because like I can say this, like from experience, you can think about the solution, but sometimes when you think about the solution and don't act on actually making the solution happen, that causes anxiety, Mm. you know, because you're like, Oh, I, like, I know what to do. 
I know what can make me better, but I'm afraid to put myself out there. I'm afraid to do it because whatever. And, and so like, I would say like, yes to that, but also there should be an action to it. I totally 100% agree with you. I literally totally agree with you. And then the last one, self, and I love this one. This is the one I told you I really wanted to read. Self-confidence is the number one variable for performance. A person neither outperforms nor underperforms their self-confidence for long. Mm. And I, I mean, I think that's, that's spot on. That's so, so, so true. Say that again. <laughs> yeah. Self-confidence is the number one variable for performance. A person neither outperforms nor underperforms their self-confidence for long. That's such a good saying, man. A person uh, neither outperforms or underperforms their self-confidence for very long. It's so true. I mean, anytime anybody asks anything about like hockey or like performing at the highest levels, I'm like, dude, confidence. Like you don't have confidence, you will not play well or you will not play well for long. Like it's it is everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, what's funny is like, I was thinking about this the other day, um, specifically with, with our team, you know, we had a good weekend. We swept Lindenwood. Actually, I, I want to give props to Ricky Zombo, you know, St. Louis guy. And he did an amazing job with that team. You know, they played Minnesota on their first weekend, did really well, uh, played us in, in their second weekend. So their first division one games are against Minnesota and Michigan. And we watched the tape against Minnesota and we were like, they're legit, you know, like they play the right way. They're well coached. They got skill. And when they came in and played us, it was the same thing. I mean, they were, they were games and it's their first division one game. So should uh, give props to, to Ricky Zombo, who you and I both know very well. And, uh, and that Lindenwood program. So good job to you. You always like St. Louis dudes. <laughs> oh yeah. It's awesome. Absolutely. Love it. Pretty, pretty um, cool. Yeah. But back to what we were talking about, you know, I was thinking about this because, you know, we have a lot of higher profile players on our team and we've obviously had a little bit of success. We won our exhibition game. We won our uh, first two games. And I honestly think that like the way that you handle adversity, but also the way that you handle success is like a true test of character, you know, and you talk about like, you don't underperform or overperform your self-confidence. Like, I think that has a lot to do with that because I think the people who are truly great, even when they're confident, they're still curious. Even when they're confident, they still want a little bit more, you know, they're never really satisfied with the status quo. And I, I like, I just think that that's a, um, a, a trait of really, really successful people is like, they never get too high and overconfident because that is a thing as well. Um, they never get too low at where their self-confidence is, a you know, a detriment to their productivity or their play or whatever. And they just have this mindset. It's the growth mindset of, you know, whether the good stuff or the bad stuff, like I'm just going to continue to be me. I'm just going to continue to do my thing. That doesn't mean that like, you're not going to change things or develop certain other skills or whatever, but it's, it's staying the course, whether you have a great weekend, it's staying the course, whether you have a bad weekend, understanding who you are, understanding what makes you, you understanding what makes you good and just sticking to that. 100%. So now how do you, how do you achieve that? How do you do that over and over? It's process. 
it's process. Like you have to have a plan and you have to stick to that plan with an accountability structure. And that's something that we talk about all the time. A goal is is not a goal unless you have an accountability structure with that, right? So again, what builds confidence? That's ultimately what we're talking about on this episode. A, a lot of times building confidence is putting in the work. And if you want to put in the work consistently, you have to have a plan and you have to have an accountability structure. And so it goes back to it. If you have a great weekend, and we all know this as players, a lot of times when you have a great weekend, you forget about the thing that made you great. (laughs) And maybe you take your foot off the gas a little bit and all of a sudden you're maybe not putting in the work that you were putting in before because you're feeling a little good about yourself. And now if you have a plan, but you have an accountability where you have a teammate. I mean, that's why that's what coaches are for too, right? Okay. Did you do the things today that you did yesterday that made you good today? And if not, okay, what's the accountability for it? And so, and we've talked about it. I I think that accountability um, and and that can come in so many different ways. um, But I think accountability is everything when it comes to, let's call it the mastery of a skill getting better because now you're accountable to someone or something to put in the work every day, which it ultimately what helps you earn your confidence. I mean, dude, that's, we, we talked about it like a few weeks ago and I started it. That's why I'm doing 75 hard right now. Like it's not because like for me to exercise twice a day for 45 minutes is hard. Like I usually work out for an hour and a half every single day. So like, that's not a problem. I usually drink a gallon of water every single day or close to, but having me have to like check each thing off of the six things I have to do every day. One of the exercising has to be outdoors. I have to read 10 pages. That takes me a little bit of time. (laughs) I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to take a progress pick every single day or else I fail this, this, this mental toughness challenge. Like that's kept me accountable and I love it and I feel great. And there's days where it's like eight o'clock at night and I'm starting the first workout and I'm like, dude, I got to do this. And then I have to like eat in between because you can't just go from one workout to the next. You have to have time in between. So it's not like one workout and it's like, but I'm, it's holding me accountable. So it's, it's huge. And it's forced me to push myself out of my comfort zone that I've been in for a little bit because my life is easy and you know, like it's, it's awesome. Accountability is everything. And that gives you confidence. Yeah. You and check off something on your list. That's holding you. That list is holding you accountable. Everything's on your list. You check it off. Bam. Instant confidence. Yeah. Every study ever on productivity. Ever. <laughs> I shouldn't say that maybe not, but um, a lot of the studies that I've read because I've looked into like productivity and stuff a lot, especially as an entrepreneur, as you know, where <laughs> you have to have some processes in place to really be um, successful. And like a big thing is writing it down and checking it off. Like that is a huge, 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 huge thing. You talk about having a plan. Don't just have a plan in your head, write it down, check it off, show it to somebody every day. Like text a person, hey, I have a goal of whatever, shooting 100 pucks. Okay, I have to text Vex today. And every day that I don't text Vex, Vex has to text me and say, what's going on, dude? Why did you not shoot your 100 pucks? Um, and yeah, that that accountability structure is so massively important you know, to, to productivity. It's so massively important to just like the overarching confidence that we're talking about, because it's a step-by-step thing. Again, like it's so, so cliche. And we've asked this question to so many different people, like, how do you make development sexy? And the answer is always the same. You can't, 
Like it's just not. It really just isn't. It's doing the same things every single day. And and like at the end of the day, that's why it's all that's why it's like so great is because it's consistency. And the hardest thing in the world is consistency because you're going to have days where you feel like it. You're going to have days where you don't feel like it. You're going to have days where you're injured. You're going to have days where you feel better. You're going to have days where mentally you're just not into it. You're going to have days where, you know, things go awry and something else in your life that's going to take up uh, some headspace um, that you would typically use to do the thing that you want to do to get better at the thing that you want to get better at. And so just like having that structure, having that accountability, it just puts you on a path to do those things that, and that's like the sexy part about the sexy part is the result that happens after you put in the years and years and years of hard work. Like you look at every company that's like huge. It all started in a garage or a basement. You look at like every singer or band that they're not, maybe not everyone, but you look at so many of them. And they started in a garage or in a basement. <laughs> and like you look at every, we were talking about this in our in our coaches room the other day, actually. Like you look at every successful coach out there, they all started somewhere. Like Bill Belichick was a volunteer coach. Nick Saban was a volunteer coach. Mike Babcock coached CIS University um, hockey in um in Canada. John Cooper was a triple A coach that went to the NAHL. Like Derek Lalonde, he was on the Spin Chicklets podcast, who we know he spoke at our uh, hockey think tank conference. Like he started at St. Adams State, which is like a club hockey or like division three. And now he's the coach of the Detroit Red Wings. Everybody starts somewhere. <laughs> and so that's another thing too. I feel like when it comes to confidence, like you know, when we don't get the results right away, a lot of times that's like a hit to the confidence. But at the end of the day, like if you want, let's, let's go to hockey here. If you want a better shot and you shoot a hundred pucks tomorrow, is your shot going to get better? No, your shot's not going to get better. If you shoot a hundred pucks for seven days straight, which is 700 pucks, is your shot going to get better? Maybe a little bit. If you do that every day for a month, how many pucks is that? That's a lot of freaking pucks. I'm not going to do the math, <laughs> but yeah, your shot's going to get even, yeah, a little bit better. So like, you know, maybe you don't score goal. You're shooting all these pucks. You're shooting all these pucks. You're shooting all these pucks, but maybe on the weekend you don't score the goal. So what do we do? Because we don't score the goal. We stop because we don't think it works. But at the end of the day, more pucks. <laughs> you would. Um, but at the end of the day, like it's, it's the long game. Like you have to play the long game. And a lot of times we lose our confidence because we don't see the results right away. But the people who stick to it, those are the ones that eventually see the results. And it never, dude, like it never comes in our time, does it? The results never come in our time. They always come later than when we want them to come, maybe 99% of the time. And um, just having the wherewithal to have the plan and the accountability structure will allow you to stick with the long plan which at the end of the day will put you in a position to get the better results. I mean, it's delayed gratification, you know, like you said, yeah. you're, you're ripping a hundred shots on Monday, you know, on Tuesday, that doesn't, you're not going to have a way better shot by then. It's going to take days and weeks and months and years, but it's like having fun in that process and, and, pinpointing the things you need to work on and just working on them over and over and over and over and over again. It's the same thing with like 
being healthy or losing weight or getting stronger. People just like they they do something for a day and then they switch it up and then they 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 abandon it because it didn't work. It's like, dude, you gave it one day or you gave it one week, you gave it one month. You didn't get unhealthy. You're you're 40 years old. You didn't get unhealthy in a day or a week or a month. It took you 40 years to look like this right now and feel like this and perform at this awful level. You're not going to get out of it by working out for a day, a week, or a month. You're going to have to make a lifestyle change and go after it and attack it every single day. And it's the same thing with whatever your goals are. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's the long game, man. I think, I think talking about that, like, getting back, circling back to, to really like the, the focus of confidence. If you could list some things that you personally did to either keep your confidence high or regain your confidence or, you know, like when you had zero, how are you getting it back? What, what were things that you did? Like when I was a player? Yeah. Player and a coach. Yeah, I, it's funny because, and, and I don't know if there's other people like this out there. I'm sure there are, but it's like this weird, unique personality trait where like you almost feel uncomfortable with praise. If that makes any sense. Like it, I it, have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I know about, you're, so. you're the exact opposite. <laughs> it's usually myself praising myself, so that doesn't count. Hey, positive self-talk, baby, all the time. I know, and it's funny. Like I And I honestly think that like, even when I was doing the hockey think tank, dude, like I've talked to Emma about this and I why not let's open up to, to all the world. Like, I feel like I left a lot on the table with the hockey think tank because I was uncomfortable with a lot of like the social media praise that I was getting for all the stuff that I was doing. Cause I almost felt like, um, oh, not overconfident, but I felt like boastful and, like hockey, like beats the boastfulness out of you at times. It's a, it's a, it's a sport where like, you know, we don't celebrate, like you celebrate a goal too much, at least it's a little bit different now, but like when we were growing up, you celebrate a goal too much. It's like, Oh, you're not a part of the team, man. Like that's not right. hilarious. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so I've always had this kind of like uncomfortableness with like the, the praise. So I was never really good at that. And I didn't do that enough and I should. And, and even today, like it, it is filtered into like my- somebody who's related to you and extremely handsome and intelligent has been telling you this for years, <laughs> man, you got it. You got a gift. You got to show it to the world. Yeah. So like, I am not the right person to answer that question because I don't think I did a very good job of giving myself pats on the back when when I did do things well, well like, and, and to be a, honest, yeah, go ahead. Like, let's say you have a couple bad games. There's yeah. something you did that snapped you out of it or, or a series of things you did. Cause players who are listening, they want to hear that. Like what's something you did. You had a, a bad weekend. You're like kind of down on yourself. What are you doing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, up until that next game? For, like, yeah, for me, it was just getting back to work. Honestly, it, it Did was you forget about the games. Did you think about them? Did you watch video and analyze? Maybe I could have done this better or, Oh, I, I wasn't doing what I thought I was or. Yeah. I don't, I don't really remember to be honest with you. Like no. I didn't do a lot of that stuff. I, like I like to watch video um, and things like that. I was probably a little, maybe too analytical when it came to some of that stuff, like replaying 
bad plays over and over. Um, for me, a big, a big issue of mine was just like a personality trait of like wanting to be liked. And so I, I called myself and I tell player this all the time, um, that I coached and it was like, I would come back to the bench after a mistake and I was Mr. Apology, <laughs> you know, it was like, Hey man, sorry, I missed you there. Or, Hey, I, yeah, I should have been here or there when I probably made four really good plays on that shift, but you focus on the negative. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for me, a lot of it is just trying really hard not to focus on the one negative thing and focus on the four or five positive things that happened in the 40 seconds that you're out on the ice. Um, and, and that was a big thing for me. And, and I think a lot of people, you know, kind of deal with that and struggle with that. Um, but yeah, it's the self-criticalness. It can kill you. Like it can really kill you. So you had that, you you had two games where they weren't your best, whatever level it was at. And you, you, so you're not watching a ton of it. Are you are beating yourself up a bit? It sounds like a lot of here. So the answer to the question, dude, is basically just saying F it. Just go play, you know, Mm -hmm. like go play. Like you love to play hockey, like stop, (laughs) you know, just do what you love to do. I think at the end of the day, that's probably now that I'm like reflecting back because it's been, it's been a few years since we've played. Mm -hmm. Um, that's like, I think that's what I did. It was like, don't worry about all that bullshit. Like the past is the past. Just do what you like to do, do what you love to do and just go play hockey. It's what you've done since you're like four or five years old. Just go do it and enjoy it. You know? Uh, Steph, take note. Tof just cussed for the first time in months, and uh, we're going to need to bleep that out at whatever time we're at. Okay. Um, Steph's our badass editor. Uh, Then I just cussed. Um, Totally, totally agree with that. So things that I personally did, I have a bad weekend, I have a bad game, whatever it is, things to get back. Like I've talked about this on the podcast quite a bit. Um, I had to do a lot of like mental tricks and stuff like that for me to constantly optimize my performance to stay at the levels that the higher levels like that's just i wasn't innately as as i didn't see the game like tof right and so um one of the things i did is i put a big x on my stick and i started doing it in juniors right like on the on the knob somewhere and then i had to tape my wrist um because uh when i was younger i jammed it a bunch so i taped it my whole career and i drew a huge x on my wrist and sharpie so every time i'd come back to the bench um and i'd take my gloves off to dry my face or get a drink of water i looked at the x when i'd look at the x on either my wrist or my stick i had to say the four to five things that made me the best me on the ice and every year it might change depending on the league i was playing in pro or my role on the team but for me it was usually always move your feet stick pressure body shoot everything go to the net and stop and then one would be like you know be a good teammate or lead the boys or lead by your actions or like something like that. And so by me, especially after like a bad game or a bad weekend, like you said, it goes right back to like the process. Part of my process was always saying to myself what I did good and what I had to constantly do to be, to be a good player at that level that I was at. And so that really helped me. And then I would kind of, by focusing on like four or five things, it's kind of like when you meditate and like you're, or like when you're breathing and you count in the the breaths as you inhale and exhale, you focus on something so hard that everything else in the periphery fades away. So like the negative mindset or the negative thoughts or like all that stuff, I kind of forget about them because all I'm thinking about is constantly move your feet, stick pressure body, shoot everything, go to the net and stop, be a good teammate. And that's all I'm thinking about. 
So that yeah. like where, where your mind goes, energy flows. And I think for me, that's what always worked. And then the other thing that really worked for me, and I, I have, I tell every kid this, I do, by the way, anybody out there doesn't follow me on Instagram during the season, I started doing it two years ago, I believe. Um, for sure. Last year, I had like 15 calls um, with players who are slumping or they just want to talk about their game or they want, you know, mainly it was guys and juniors in college calling me and midgets saying like, Hey, I'm not confident right now. I've lost my confidence. How do I get it back? And I would take them through things that I did and things they could try and sports psychology and stuff like that, by the way, like 12 or 11, 11 out of 14 or whatever, 11 out of 15, 11 out of 13 scored in their next game, which I'm not guaranteeing that, but that was pretty cool to have happen. A lot of USHL guys. Um, and, and part of it was dude, watch your own highlights. Uh, that really helped me a lot. My agent started making me highlights every year in Europe to show to the higher leagues in Europe to try and get me to sign in a better league for more money the next year. And I'd always have them send them to me. And I started watching them before every game, not because I liked watching myself selly, which I do, but who doesn't? But it just like <laughs> right before the game, on the way to the game, either in the locker room, like right when I'd get there, if it was a home game or maybe sitting in the stands or on the bus, right before I get off the bus on away games, I'd, I'd go through like, you know, however many videos I had of the last couple of years of me burying 20 plus, not a big deal. And it just got my mind like reminding myself like, yes, I can do this. I can do it many different ways. I am good. I did this last year. I did it the year before. I did it the year before. That really, really helped me. So if anybody's struggling out there, that's something I suggest to everyone. Yeah. And it doesn't even need to be a physical video. Like one of the things that we learned in when I was doing the sports psych thing was it could be a personal highlight reel just in your head. Like you remember the four or five plays that you've had over the past year or two years or throughout your career. And just oh, just play those over and over, play those over and over, over and over. Visualization. I know you're huge on visualization. I am too. You talk about it all the time, though. And yeah, it's it's um, and it's okay to like pat yourself on the back. <laughs> That's a good Dude, thing. It's <laughs> not a it's, bad thing. <laughs> again, again, fork in the road. Two choices. Like one, negative self talk. Where does that road wind up taking you? The other one, positive self-talk. And that doesn't mean like walking around, you know, telling everybody how good you are, but like in your own head, reminding yourself of what you're capable of, what you've done in the past and what you're going to do tonight, tomorrow, and the next day. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. I love that. Um, okay. So to end off this episode, let's ask one final question. And that final question is, if there was one sentence that could sum up what you would want the listener to get out of this podcast as it relates to confidence, what would that sentence be? One sentence. I'm known for run-ons. How about, so. how about, how about you get a, you get a colon and a couple <laughs> commas in there. Dude, I never, I never, grammar. I never, I was a good writer, but, or we can just very, say two sentences. I was very bad with colons and semicolons and when to use them. I always <laughs> F that up. Those, Who knows that though? Honestly, dude, You're I'm now, now I'm out of school. I just hyphen and I know that's wrong. But anyways, back to the, to the, I use, I use when hand. I was writing a lot of dot, dot, dots. What are those called? Ellipses? Ellipses. Yes, you are correct. It can only be three. Four is incorrect, guys. All right. <laughs> I All used right. to do those a lot. And now I've, I've moved from the ellipses to like the dash. 
A lot of dashes. Uh, the dashes are so easy. And I think it's clean. It's just cleaner. It looks better yeah. on the page. Um, yeah. Anyways. Okay. Back to it. One thing we want to learn from tonight about confidence. I think that that's not part of my sentence. This is just me in my head. And then I'll start on the go. All right. <laughs> go that and go. With two sentences is really hard. I'm trying to think how to make really like, really, really like choose my words carefully here. If I was going to get a couple sentences and I could just kind of like word vomit, flow it out here, I'd say, I really want everyone to remember that like control what you can control first and foremost. I think that confidence takes a hit from anxiety, the anxiety of worrying about what others are thinking. Are there scouts in the stands? What are they thinking? What's coach thinking? What are my parents thinking? What, you know, all this stuff. Go back to controlling what you can control first and foremost. And then remember, the best way to build confidence is through preparation. And for me, what is preparation as an athlete? That is, how are you sleeping? How are you eating and hydrating? Are you detailed in your practice? Like, are you doing everything you can do in every drill? Are you just doing the drill just like to do it? Like, be detailed in your practice. Positive self-talk. You know, if you can do those things, like that's pretty damn good preparation. That's going to lead to building confidence in yourself, which is going to lead to playing better. That I think there was like too many sentences. sentences. <laughs> I know, bro. All right. I was like, what's Plus your question over there? Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, I was trying to listen to you because what you were saying was really good, but I was also like, you're also counting. Yeah. Head. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't you're, counting. You were no. out of fingers and toes there, buddy. <laughs> Oh man. All right, right back at you. If you only had to use one word. No. If you only if you if you had to give if you had to give a paragraph, if you will, (laughs) what would you say for people needing to build it or regain it? Yeah, I think it it um it goes along with what you're saying. And it's in as much as at times it feels like it's out of your control, your confidence is really in your control based on the way that you choose to see certain situations and treat yourself in those situations. And, you know, there's a lot of external things that can really try to mess with your confidence and your, you know, your well-being and and your self-talk and everything like that. And um, I just think the better you treat yourself, the more confidence you're going to have. And a lot of times that comes with the work too, like you were talking about. Um, totally agree with that. So. Um, yeah, hopefully everybody got something out of this. We went on a lot of different tangents, I feel like, in a lot of different ways, a lot of personal stories and opening up a little bit and things like that too. So, but that's, I mean, I think that's really important because like confidence is everything. It really is everything. It, it, it is something that can help or hurt your productivity and your play. It's something that can help or hurt your mental health and physical health and well-being. Um, and so I, you know, I think it's just really important to have honest conversations about what it is, how you can get it, how you can lose it. <laughs> um, and you know what? Like now that I'm thinking about it, the one thing that I think we haven't talked about yet that I always talk about as it relates to confidence is surround yourself with good people. 
surround yourself with good people. That's probably the most important thing as it relates to confidence, because as we're talking about, like it is in our control, but to a certain extent, (laughs) if you surround yourself with good people that support you and love you and aren't afraid to tell you the truth and stuff like that, you're much more apt to develop confidence than when you're surrounded by people who are trying to put you down. And so surround yourself with good people. I think I think ending it off with that is like massively important. One, 100%. You always say it and you've said it in your team speeches and your presentations that I've watched you do for years. Like you are the five people you hang out with the most. So if you're hanging around with negative Nancy's, uh, you're going to be a Nancy. All right. Like don't do that. Like hang around with people that support and want to help you grow and want to push you and aren't yes, men. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'ams either. Like make them tell you the hard stuff too. Absolutely. Um, okay. Going back, let me just throw one more thing in here because although I didn't love, you know, that, uh, the hard times, like some of the things that I went through in, in juniors and like, you know, I don't think it's cool to like try to get a kid to quit who's 17 away from home and all that stuff. Right. Especially with the way the rules were back then. They also turned that also turned me into the most mentally tough human ever the next couple years of my life. Like nothing could ever shake me whatsoever. No one could say anything that would, that would deter me. No one could say anything that would make me not believe in myself. Like I've said many times on this podcast, uh, I, if I would have told everyone when I walked into Western Michigan and said, I'll only be here for three years, I'm not staying for four and I'm going to sign in the NHL, everyone would have laughed at me but that didn't matter. I I didn't care. Like it was like, I'm here for business. So those situations did turn me into like an absolute mental, like badass. So assassin, I I am, I, you know, I'm thankful they happened too. So I always want to throw that in there. Like, I don't agree with some things that uh, happened, but also they also turned me into an absolute unit. So in the words of a one miss, Kelly Clarkson. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Let's end on that, baby. What's it? What it doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Not alone. That's the only part I know. You gotta edit that out. No, that's staying in. A hundred percent. That's staying in. Um. All right, man. So uh, now that we have ended the episode, we have some people to thank. Let's thank our title sponsor in Gelsticks, G-E-L-S-T-X.com. Go there, use the coupon code thinktank one word, and you will get a discount on your way to Training Sticks. Jeffrey Levesque, you'll go with Train I want to say thank you to Train Heroic. That's where all of my online training is housed. Unbelievable app. Everything's got videos, uh, message boards. I can you know talk to the team through there. I'm working with, you know, so many. I'm working with uh, St. Louis Junior Blues, Fremont Flyers, Highland Hills Squirt Double A, Mercer Chiefs, Cape Cod Seahawks, both of their junior teams, Ironbound Elite Girls, Triple A Blues Girls. I just became the strength coach online for Lawrence University Division Three NCAA team, which has been really exciting. Really excited. Brett gave me a chance there, and uh, you know, a bunch of uh, other people, and I have in season training too. So. My goal with that is for it to be super cheap. If you got a strength coach you can go to in person and you can afford it, awesome. That's the best. Uh, 100%. Go to somebody who's in person and is qualified. But if you don't, 
for like a dollar a day for almost everybody I work with online. Like I give the best possible training experience you can have online. So I want to say thank you to train heroic for allowing that. And also cured nutrition, uh, CBD. I've been using CBD since my last year pro I've been retired five years. So it's like six years now. Um, I've had so many people who listen to the podcast, reach out to me and tell me that because I've said this, they've tried, um, a CBD product from cured nutrition and it has helped them feel and perform a lot better. So that's been honestly really, really cool. I'm very passionate about CBD. I lost a ton of money years ago on COVID because I was heavily invested with the CBD company because it has helped me uh, quite a bit and helped me just live a better life and my brain function better. So if you want to try out any any products from uh, from Cured Nutrition, you go to their website, curednutrition.com. My discount code obviously is GMBM. There we go. And thank you to icehockeysystems.com, the number one site for all your coaching education needs. Uh, we just actually got an account at the University of Michigan for icehockeysystems.com. Uh, they have so many awesome tools on there uh, where you can drop your drills and, and file them away and build a whole huge drill library, which is unbelievable. You can do the associations tab, which is what we have partnered with icehockeysystems.com with, where you can get this for every single coach within your organization. And it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal tool uh, to be able to share things with other coaches, to share things with your players, even share things with your parents, um, putting practice plans together, putting plans together for the season and stuff. It just helps you to become a better coach. We've also partnered with them for the Hockey Think Tank Parent Survival Guide. So if you do the associations tab, not only do you get thousands of drills, a drill drawing tool all these files and folders where you're able to store it and save it for a rainy day and share with other people in your organization. But you also get a little bit more sanity between the coaches and hockey directors and the parents as well because of the Hockey Think Tank Parent Survival Guide. So go to icehockeysystems.com, look up the Associations tab and sign up today. And uh, this was a fun conversation, man. Um, very, very, very um, hopefully applicable to people who are listening to this and they can use a few of these things to make their day, make their life, make their career a little bit better. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who follow along. We love you guys and we hope you have a great week. And Jeff, Daddy was in there. Peace.